Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Monday, May 8th in Hong Kong, Sunday, May 7th in New York. And coming up today, Treasury Secretary Yellen warns there are no good options for solving a debt limit stalemate in Washington. With the U.S. adding more jobs than expected in April, traders are now looking for upcoming inflation data for clues on the Fed's rate hike path. And Warren Buffett predicts the good times may be over with earnings falling this year. Rare South Korea-Japan summit works on rebuilding relationships and semiconductor agreement. South Korea-U.S. summit this week on cybersecurity. U.S. prepares for biggest potential migrant increase since World War II. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen saying that there are simply no good options for solving the debt limit stalemate in Washington. This comes as GOP leaders are demanding promises of future spending cuts before they approve a higher debt ceiling. Now, President Biden has insisted on a clean increase with budget talks kept fully separate. The Treasury Department has warned that it could run out of money to meet its obligations as soon as June 1st. Yellen told ABC's This Week that it's Congress's job to fix this problem. If Congress doesn't act, we're likely to see financial market consequences. In 2011, there was a steep decline in the stock market and our borrowing costs. Um, Back in 2011, the U.S. uh, was downgraded by the credit rating agencies. There would be permanently higher borrowing costs for Americans for buying a home, buying a car, and a failure would cause a steep economic downturn. That's Jenny Yellen, heard right here on Bloomberg. She also cautioned that resorting to use of the 14th Amendment would provoke a constitutional crisis. President Biden is scheduled to meet with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and some other congressional leaders on Tuesday to discuss the debt ceiling issue. Well, on Friday here in the U.S., we heard from the head of the St. Louis Fed, Jim Bullard. He was saying policymakers will probably have to push rates higher to cool inflation. Even so, he thinks the Fed can still achieve a soft landing. 
yes, the economy could go into recession, but that's not the base case. I think the base case is slow growth, uh, probably a, a somewhat softer labor market and declining inflation. Bullard went on to say he wants to use a data-dependent approach before deciding on what move to support at the Fed's June meeting. To be fair, he is a non-voter on that rate-setting committee this year. Separately, Bullard said the April jobs data was stronger than forecast, but he did note job openings are still much higher than they were before the pandemic. Now, this Wednesday, we'll get U.S. retail inflation data and clues on whether the Fed has the flexibility to pause in its rate hiking cycle. Well, the White House is downplaying the need to curb short selling of banks. That's even as President Biden has not ruled out any options to ensure the stability of the banking system. Shares of regional banks have been under pressure following failures at First Republic, SVB and Signature Bank, as well as Silvergate. We heard from Heather Boucher, a member of Biden's Council of Economic Advisors. The information that we have at this point is that the situation remains under control. Certainly the um, FDIC and Treasury are watching these things very closely. We've been able to see stability come back into that system and we've seen deposit flows again stabilize. So I think there are indications that we are um, uh, in, in a better place, certainly. And we continue to watch the, uh, uh, watch the situation as it, as it unfolds. The KBW Regional Banking Index has dropped about 30% this year. However, as we heard from Doug a few moments ago, rebound across the regional banking stocks on Friday hinted that selling pressures had gone a little too far. PacWest leading the way, soaring more than 80% following a route that saw its shares tumbling to a record low. We go next to the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, who is warning of an economic slowdown. And he's also calling for some bank executives to be punished. More from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Berkshire Hathaway is reporting a jump in quarterly operating income, but the billionaire chairman and CEO also warned earnings could decline across Berkshire's units going forward. And at the annual shareholder meeting in Omaha, Buffett also said execs at failed banks should be held accountable for mistakes hiding in plain sight, including lax mortgage lending, he says at First Republic. Buffett also says Berkshire isn't planning on buying the rest of Occidental Petroleum it doesn't already own. And he reaffirmed his choice of Greg Abel as heir apparent at the con- Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Australian Treasurer Jim Chalmers said that China's economic rebound cannot offset the impact of the Australian budget from the global economic downturn. That's despite China being Australia's largest trading partner. Here's Chalmers speaking in an interview with Bloomberg. The global economy more broadly has been a bit uh, a bit softer than what people were anticipating. China maybe a little bit stronger, uh, but you know overall uh, we want to we want to make sure that we're making the most of these trading relationships. That's been a big priority uh, for us. Uh, China is important to our economy and to our budget. Not the whole story, but an important part of it. Chalmers is also expected to announce Australia's economy has returned to surplus for the first time in 15 years. Bloomberg economists predict that tomorrow's fiscal blueprint will show a $3.6 billion shortfall, or about a quarter of a percent of GDP. Australia is expected to benefit from surging revenues from commodities exports and, and a persistently strong labor market. We'll get the full Australian budget on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Sydney time. 
All right, I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krister and Rashad Salama. will join us in a few moments. So, Doug, more talk of a, a short-selling ban on regional banks. That's one interesting bit of the news flow. And I think also Warren Buffett saying the good times may be over. However, a, a few moments ago I mentioned good news. It's nice when good news is good news. But then, you know, good news is actually bad news to some and the reverse. Uh, so we have to kind of explain ourselves. I would see the jobs report as, on balance, good news. And it's interesting because it seems that the market may have to come around more to the Fed's position than the reverse. And I think that's something that we'll get at all all throughout the morning. I think that's a very interesting point, particularly in light of the fact that we still don't have the data on uh, the current data on inflation. We'll get that this week. CPI Wednesday, uh, PPI on Thursday. If those numbers come in on the soft side, maybe, maybe the Fed has a little bit of room to pause. But I hear what you're saying, Brian, when it comes to those jobs numbers coming in above forecast. okay, perhaps we can avoid recession. But the implication here is that the inflationary pressures will remain. Well, that's my point, and, and that's what, what Jay Powell has been saying. He's saying, we're not likely to cut, and the market says we're going to cut this year. And mm. he's saying no, because he doesn't see recession, and also because he doesn't see inflation coming down quickly. So it seems like, at least at the moment, and you know, this is funny, because <laughs> the, market, the market is like millions of people, right. but at least at the moment, the Fed policymakers have a better grasp of this than what the market is suggesting, because the market only is saying one of two things is going to happen. Either inflation is going to come down, it doesn't look like that's going to happen, or that there's a serious uh, downturn in the economy, which will force the Fed to bring interest rates down. And the Fed's saying, nah, we don't see it. Well, I think that's what the bond market is hoping for. We know that employment is a lagging indicator, so maybe an abrupt decline in the number of non-farm jobs created and perhaps some contraction of the labor market. And that then maybe would justify the two. 25 basis point rate cuts that the market is pricing in before the end of the year. Yeah, we did get a little bit of a rationalization uh, on uh, on the WERP uh, from from what it was before. So is it two now? Then it was three before, I think. So That's uh, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a real moving target. All right. Now it's time for global news. In a rare summit, South Korea and Japan have struck a chord of unity. In a rare summit over the weekend, Ed Baxter with Global News in the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed. Yeah, right, Brian. It is rare. President Yoon Suk-yeol, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida agreeing to cooperate fully with each other and the U.S. on security in the region from North Korea. Also agreed to implement a deal meant to heat an historic rift between our heel, I should say, an historic rift between the two going back to Japan's colonial rule from 1010 or 1910 to 1945, and to work on an agreement on semiconductors. Although they they did not release any details, Kishida says he sees talks going forward in dynamic manner, and Yoon says he looks forward to shuttle diplomacy. Meanwhile, South Korea and the U.S. will meet this week to strengthen their cooperation in responding to cybersecurity threats. Yonhap says part of the Cyber Cooperation Working Group scheduled for today and tomorrow. In two days, U.S. President Joe Biden will sit down with congressional leaders to talk about how to stave off crisis that could be caused by the government running out of cash be the first time in history. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen today on ABC has heard on Bloomberg blaming Congress. It simply is unacceptable for Congress to threaten economic calamity for American households. And uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says social security crisis. In fact, there could be a social security check shutdown unless they can get their act together 
and we can have a clean debt ceiling. But Republican Senator James Lankford on ABC has heard here on Bloomberg says the GOP has said. We'll be tied to the deadline because we've got to have this conversation. Again, Yellen says the deadline is the first few days of June. All maneuvering is exhausted at that point, she says. The head of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, is warning that this week we'll see a potential influx of migrants bigger than anything the U.S. has seen since World War II. Mayorkas on CBS says Homeland is working on plans, but its hands basically are tied. We need immigration reform. Everything that the Department of Homeland Security is doing, everything that our partners across the federal government uh, are, are doing is within a broken immigration system. 1,500 troops have been sent to the border to help with processing, but not law enforcement. Allen, Texas, mourning the loss of another U.S. mass shooting. Eight people killed, at least nine injured. Police uh, Chief Brian Harvey says response was very quick but it could have been much worse. One of our officers was on an unrelated call at the outlet mall. He heard gunshots, went to the gunshots, engaged the suspect and neutralized the suspect. Police identify the man as being 33 years old, armed with a semi-automatic weapon. They say he'd had gun training to be a security guard. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salama. We are here in Hong Kong. George Baburis joins us now, head of research at K2 Asset Management. George is in Melbourne. So, George, great to have you with us on a Monday morning here in the Asia-Pacific. Warren Buffett predicting that the good times may be over. He's the sage of Omaha. What does the sage of Melbourne tell us on this Monday morning? Opportunities? Uh, yeah, good morning. Yes, always, always opportunities. Uh, that's why uh, we have asset allocation and we're always looking for low correlations across the asset classes, which is another way of saying always opportunities at different stages of the cycle. Uh, the thing to reinforce is high level, of course, uh, building on from the great man Warren Buffett and many other good ones, and I'm just a mere humble uh, asset allocator and fund manager, is, uh, is, is, it, is you're looking through the scenario of a shallow technical economic recession in North America with a tight labor market and Fed policy being what it should be, hawkish to deal with something that's quite stubborn and concerning with the core inflation. But there's, the reality is there's an unevenness in all Western economies across across the different sectors for equities, but also across the economy. And you're seeing it amplified, obviously, with 
with regional banks, small caps in North America versus the core super banks and then the big tech driving the aggregate earnings through and beating expectations. But we, the, the, we come round in circle again and have to deal with inflation. What are the consequences of the policy, the demand destruction? Things are breaking at the margin, but it really isn't a traditional recession that's going to be right across in aggregate sense hurting North America. So, so and does other that mean economies. you can does that mean you can just kind of ignore it and just play as you would normally play because the recession isn't going to be that deep? In part, you can never ignore it. You always, we, we are data dependent like the Federal Reserve is. We're always looking for data week by week. But what, what is happening and what we're expecting going forward is unlike the past 15 years. And some of the many consequences of that is that we're looking for, again, low correlations before the asset classes and fixed income uh, behaving as it should be uh, when you have that in your portfolio versus equities. And then when you're in equities, uh, obviously there's a big tilt to uh, defensives and the big techs and some of the big banks relative to the smaller ones, uh, industrials uh, obviously looking at an opportunity in North America and and uh, and parts of Europe. But the point being is we're getting more traditional cycles and the risk-free rate being elevated for longer is something that was experienced uh, over 15 years ago. And that's where we're getting into that sort of operating George, platform. George, you know, then as an asset allocator, you know, you, you look at what's going on and do you stay away from uh, U.S. assets for the time being? Uh, no, we, we, we like U.S. assets because there's a, a little bit more predictability uh, to the source of those uh, revenues from, again, large U.S. corporates, the majors. And you're seeing it, uh, you, you know, you've got, you got very, with the quarterly numbers, earnings are much lower than when they were a year ago, but they're much better versus expectations. And you're, you're getting a good high concentration being delivered again by big tech, big big American industrials and, uh, and some of the larger banks. And that's replicated yeah. around the world in Australia. So, so in essence, the predictability is a little bit better for the large cap and the broad cap, uh, but not so much for the mid and small cap, which is a typical story around the developed markets. Well, difficult times. So we've had a few guests on the program of late saying, go with the, you know, with the best performer in these industries. So you're looking at JP Morgan in the banks, maybe looking at someone like United Healthcare in managed care in the healthcare area. Uh, you know, obviously every industry has its superstars, the best balance sheets, the best performers, Exxon in the energy patch. I mean, is that a way to play it or can you be, or do you need to be a lot more subtle? Yeah, that's how we're playing it. So predictability with energy, the transition, LNG exporters, materials, uh, metals, rare earth, uh, healthcare, large cap, big super tech. They're the things that we are we are long in. Uh, we don't talk about our shorts across the world, but um, that's opportunistic and it comes from many different reasons. But, um, but that's the reality is that in aggregate, the earnings are re very reasonable given the tightening there. But, but once again, uh, it, it's an oversimplification, risk-free rate higher, for longer. Pricing and rate cuts is reasonable by the mud market, but unrealistic. They just price them out again, then price them back in again. Uh, but you get the sense that it, this is unlike policy of the past 15 years. We need to erase that a little bit yeah. and go forward. They, they, they're really doing something because of that stubborn services, core inflation, which is concerning on a year-on-year -year basis because it's not sure. resolved yet. The other parts that are resolved. George, I mean, they're just essentially normalising, aren't they, and giving themselves uh, more wiggle room and uh, bullets to put in the chamber should there be another big downturn. Spot on. And that's, that's good policy. And that's why the hawkish 
starts would be there from a rhetoric. But again, we are week by week from the Fed. We're week by week by every other central bank in the world looking at the data. More demand destruction has to happen. More breakage will be a consequence of it. The market will have a conniption and volatility will spike for a few days here and there. And unfortunately, unemployment rate as a consequence needs to be one to two percentage points higher, which is still a reasonable long run situation to be in to get the outcome that they're looking for. And that is stable price stability in economies because of the consequences much worse for investors and everyone in the economy. So the real rate's at least positive now. Um, that That's a good start. Uh, and, uh, you know, still room to go, room to move. I know that you said K2 doesn't reveal its shorts, uh, so you don't have to be specific. But are there some areas that you think might might warrant some attention there that are still, you know, sort of vulnerable to the downside that could be exploited by a short position? Yeah, sh- shorts tend to happen um uh, the way to answer that one, and, uh, and I'm not a politician, but shorts tend to be overvaluation, like expensive, or sectors that you're trying to avoid, and um, and there's generally no outright sector we want to avoid. Um, I mean, there's, there's highly cyclical sectors that we're wary of, but um, but, but in essence, there's you know, some financials have been short and active. Again, not to go down in that pathway. Um, but but the way, if I can tilt it my way and be, uh, <laughs> the, the answer is that the divergence of mid-small banks versus large banks in the developed economy is, is a big signal of the concern out there from people. And it's also amplified by the term deposits being offered in the Western world by mid-cap, small-cap banks versus the majors in the world. And that and that's still quite a brittle relationship. So that gap is quite wide. Yeah. It, it is it is a crack in the is it's a crack in the system, and just be wary of it. And that's where shorts are actively playing uh, yeah. and testing that proposition. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa. Play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. 
Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.